You other brothers can't deny. Yeah, when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough, cause you notice that butt was stuck. Deep in the jeans she's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I wanna get with ya and take your picture. My whole boy's trying to warn me, but that butt you got makes Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBarry, and my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, brought to you, as always, by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Be sure to check out Expand the Box Score. Use the promo code 40. Get four days of free advanced stats. Pretty cool site, especially now if you're digging into these um, rookies and com- comparing, contrasting, lots of cool, fun data stuff you could do there and kind of give you some tiebreakers or change your opinion on somebody. So... What we're doing this week, if you listened last week, we're doing our, our dynasty rankings, pre-draft dynasty rankings, and um, three weeks to go to the NFL draft, three positions left. Today, we are going to do tight end. Um, this is Walk's baby, so I'll let him take it from here, and we will jump into these tight end dynasty rankings. Yes. I mean, it's, again, funny how things work out when you structure appropriately in, in the podcast world where... Some would call this filler, but I mean, it's a dynasty show when people want to know where we rank these dynasty players from a positional perspective. I mean, and with all the the tight end premium buzz, that's like kind of nouveau. Everyone went super flex. So it's like, okay, now what can we do? Uh, okay, well, now we got to make these tight ends worth more. And all it really does is prop up the top end of the tight end position. But I'm here for scoring. So, you know, give me the tight end premium. Give me the super flex. So went quarterback. Now we're going tight end here. And, uh, we did top 12 quarterbacks. I think we pushed the top 16, actually, and then probably even talked beyond that. But, you know, the the tight end position, a little different. I'm very curious. I think we're going to have, after the top, some hopefully uh, disagreeing opinions as far as what the tight end one landscape looks like going forward. So last week, you sent me your guys ahead of time, so I, I knew who your guys were and it kind of yes, took some it, of the steam out for me I didn't know it was supposed to be a surprise but now we, we completely agree see this week we are now just going to send it to each other as we go live so we can get some authentic reactions to who our uh who our top guys are so i'm gonna hit send on mine i already have it cut into the chat those are my guys i don't know if yours is written on Pencil and paper, so it might take you a little longer. Of course it is. To send it back my way. Um, but as we do that, we'll probably just get started on top. I don't think there was anything topical that happened since we recorded last. No, it's been shockingly groundbreaking. Yeah, it hasn't been, you know, the free agent, you know, the hot stove is cooled off. Uh, I mean, there was the, the Washington commanders allegations that they were <laughs> league money. Which should shock absolutely no one. Uh, I mean, if Snyder doesn't lose this team, I mean, it's it's not for for lack of effort on the NFL's behalf. It's just literally that he has damning evidence against far too many powerful people that are keeping him keeping him afloat. So uh, it's it's time for a change in the guard with those old commanders. Um, but I mean, yeah, how, how many scandals can one man be? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's in the middle of it's just, yeah, I mean, it's just tidal wave after tidal wave. I mean, it's like bad day at the beach where every time you turn around, you're just getting smacked in the face with another one. But you just you just want to swim, you know, and that's Daniel Snyder just, just wants to swim just constantly taking shots in the face. But, you know, which 
sounds like Daniel Snyder might actually enjoy if, if I have to decide what kind of gentleman he is. But it's just such such a bad luck for the NFL. You know, they're, they're dealing with enough publicity. You know, they're trying to. But I don't think anybody, I don't think outside of like NFL, deep into NFL circles, I don't think anyone gives a shit. No one cares no. if he's stealing from other owners. I, I think, if anything, to the casual fan, it might actually <laughs> endear him to people more. I could see that. I mean, almost the the underhanded business practices would rate rather low on the laundry list of things it sounds like are going on under Daniel Snyder's watch. But, yeah, I, I don't even think that that resonates with most people. I mean, we're talking about billionaires here. So – Probably just a, a good talking point at the water cooler. It was mostly all the other shit that they were supposedly doing behind the scenes. But yeah, that couldn't take the eye off of even the Deshaun Watson, you know, kind of stink, which is still permeating, you know, all of Twitter, uh, my timeline. I'm sure yours as well at, at this point. So maybe they were hoping <laughs> that it would take a little bit of the, the attention away, but yeah, it most certainly did not. I mean, yeah, to your point, it, it barely was a blip actually on the radar. But now that the Daniel Schneider fund is out of the way, let's talk. And, and to pat ourselves on the back, as we do often enough here, we're pretty good at uh, tight end rankings, matchups, who's good, who's not. So I think for a position that most people are usually a little meh on across the board, the, I think we bring a little bit to the table more than others. I agree with you. I mean, and I, I have a probably to most a strange affinity for, for tight ends. I think it's just an underappreciated position. I mean, it's, it's an extremely difficult position to, to really be good at and have any staying power because of the complexity involved in it. And that's why it's something that I, I, I pay particular interest to because when you get a good guy, you have a distinct positional advantage over your competition so it's something that more people should you know rather than trying to roll it in under you know like pass catchers like you see in a lot of these leagues that just want to make it you know not not a tight end designation but just like an extra a wide receiver an extra pass catcher position where yeah you can use a wide receiver or a tight end i'm like no 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 just the opposite we need we need more tight end designations Force people to actually do their homework, you know, rather no, than and, and pivot over to a wide receiver. Yeah, you're a hundred percent correct, and it, it, you can if you just do a little bit of extra work, you can really get an advantage here. And, and as much as you mentioned at the beginning with tight end premium, really making the top guys way more valuable. It's one of the few positions you can, even in dynasty where waivers are thin in general. You can stream this position and have success. I mean, I wrote, I used to write that series for um, DFF back in the day, and I still do it in redraft. I don't draft tight ends to one of my last picks, and then I stream all year, and I have very good success with it. It's one of the few positions that we've talked about with other guests that have been on the show. Some teams are good at covering tight ends, and other teams are not, and they there's nothing they can change in year to fix it. It's not a coachable thing. It's, you know, oftentimes personnel. And you can get a huge advantage by plugging in some waiver wire bum and not burning draft picks on it. So it, it, to me, it's 
it's a very interesting position, and it's one you could get a real big leg up on your competition, like you had said. Agreed. I, I think that's a good uh, dynamic of dynasty versus redraft because I'm on board with you. I I did a best ball only tight end premium draft like a week ago, <clears throat> and I still did not prioritize tight end in the draft. And I came away with Cole Komet, Austin Hooper, Ricky Seals Jones, and someone else even later than Ricky Seals Jones. And I was like, I'll be fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm to- totally comfortable with that running with that tight end room, even in a tight end premium, because my receivers ended up being AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, someone else, because everyone, you know, like 10 tight ends went in the first two rounds. I'm like, okay. You guys, yep. you guys want to, you, you want to prioritize that over these pass catchers? Yeah. You know, and it was right after all the trades went down. So it devalued those guys a little bit as well. So I got value in both Adams and Hill, in my opinion. But like my running backs, like my wide receivers, like my quarterbacks, and at the tail end, I looked down, I'm like, I like those tight ends. I'm going to cobble it together. <laughs> don't feel like I'm at a disadvantage at all. So I'm, I'm right there with you. But in Dynasty, you want these alphas. I mean, you don't want to have to stream if you can, at least in my opinion, in Dynasty. It's still there, to your point. I mean, Ricky Seals Jones was on everyone's waiver wire last year. And he, he puts it, or two years ago, when he had some good games, he ran into a lot last year. Um, I think when he was with the, the Commanders. But there, there will always be guys, I mean, that, that are going to pop. So let's start at the top where – Pretty obvious, and yeah, we do have the first two uh, right in lockstep. Mark Andrews, number one, Kyle Pitts, number two. <clears throat> Mark Andrews was tight end one last year, so not a stretch to, to anyone. Kyle Pitts just turned 21, a mere 180 days ago. So he is as young as they come and had, I believe, was it a 1,000-yard season? Uh, yes, 68 for 1,026 and one. He pretty much had the Trey McBride college season in the NFL where he somehow had a thousand (laughs) receiver yards, but only had one touchdown. Utter mess will still be an utter mess in Atlanta this year with Marcus Mariota, but brighter days are ahead. He's the de facto wide receiver one in this Falcons offense. He is going to be hyper targeted. He had 110 targets in 17 games last year. I will take the over in targets. Should he play 17 games this year? Mariota force fed, uh, Darren Waller in his few Vegas Raider starts when he got opportunity, and he's going to do so with Kyle Pitts as well. So I don't really think there's a lot of debate. And Mark Andrews, who I just totally glossed over, was just a beast. 154 targets last year, 107 receptions, 1361, and nine touchdowns to finally take the tight end one mantle away from Travis Kelsey, who did miss a game, but Andrews still scored 0.9 PPR points per game more than Kelsey. So he beat him in total points and in points per game. So it was a true unseating from the tight end one. And now a lot of that came from non-Lamar Jackson, but I'm just assuming that they saw <laughs> like that he's clearly – the focal point of his offense, if it wasn't already obvious, that you can't run this offense through Hollywood Brown or Rashad Bateman. So Mark Andrews is still going to get his, I think 150 targets may be a ceiling for him, but he's definitely a, a touchdown threat. He's their best red zone option when Lamar Jackson does throw it there. And he himself is only is shy of 27 years old. He'll turn 27 during the season. So he is right in his prime. Oh, my thing says he's 25 still. I have 26 years, 210 days old. 
Hmm. I'm probably wrong. But, yeah, he and he's good for the – I mean, for a team that we've talked about, you don't really want a piece of this passing game. He's obviously the focal point. Being at tight end bumps him up a little more. But because teams have to roll coverage to him, I mean, that, that helps – Antonio, Antonio Brown. Jeez, that helps Hollywood Brown. That helps. Hey, it might be Antonio they, Brown. He, could he, was, be. he was trying to work his way into Baltimore at one there. point. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's good for him. And I think he's in that system. What they do as a team, I think he's good for everybody else around him. Like if they lost Andrews for the season, I think everyone, I, I you know, th- those targets and touches, I don't think get distributed evenly to to Brown and into to Bateman. I, I think everyone gets reeled back a little bit. It's probably only good for running backs. Yeah. I mean, taking Travis Kelsey out, which probably should not do, but he did play one last game. Every other 17 game tight end last year, the closest target tight end was Zach Ertz, who had 112 wow. targets in 17 games. He had 42 less targets than Mark Andrews did last year. I mean, that is just yeah, undeniable. <laughs> the, the you know talent equals targets, you know, and that's that's what you want at the tight end position. And Mark Andrews is the best pass catcher on that team, just like Travis Kelsey is the best best pass catcher on the Chiefs. You know, and so that will persist. Unfortunately, Travis Kelsey <clears throat> is beginning to age out a little bit. So when we go down past one and two, I still have Kelsey at three. Um, He's in his age 33 season right now, but he showed no signs of decline last year. I mean, did miss a game, but 92 catches, 1,125 yards, and nine touchdowns on 135 targets. Just still going to be the focal point of this Chiefs offense, I believe, for the next two to three years. Um, and I think his game will persist, and I'm willing to pay up for that in Dynasty Leagues. You have him at five, so not an epic fall with Kelsey. Both have him in the top five. But I guess you're starting to have some age concerns. Is that safe to say? The age concern is very – I mean, it's obviously presence dynasty, so it's always a thing. No, I think – and we talked about it when we had the Tyreek Hill breaking news and we did the the show about, you know, the, the reaction show to the other – to it after the fact. I don't think – Look, Kelsey's breakout career emergence all started when Tyree Hill showed up. And and I, I mentioned it before. I think with Hill gone, everyone takes a hit. So the age is still a concern. The fact he's never missed a game at tight end where tight ends miss historically. Lots of time they get banged up quite a bit. And now he doesn't – no one's not covering. Travis Kel- he's going to face double teams all year. Juju's not scaring anybody. They're not going to put an extra body on Juju. It's going to be all the attention is on Kelsey this year and going forward, unless some rookie they bring in really blows the roof off that whole thing and sets the league on fire. Kelsey's screwed short-term and long-term, I think. I I don't like anything that's going on for Kansas City. I think it's very bad for him. Yeah, I mean, hard to disagree. I mean, his lowest – Per game uh, total in his NFL career was 15, to your point. So he has not missed more than two games in any of his one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight NFL seasons. So at a position that (laughs) 
takes a pounding. You know, I, I guess there's cause concern there. For me, it's well, he, he's, he's never missed a game, so I'm not going to bake the the potential <clears throat> of injury into a guy who's been remarkably healthy for the entire balance of his NFL career. Now, as far as Tyreek Hill is concerned, I mean, we're going to find out, but he's still going to get the targets. I mean, he, he double cover him as much as you want. I mean, he, he's, I'm sure he's dealt with double teams even with Tyreek Hill there for periods of time. Um, so the field might not be as open <clears throat> as it was before. But Juju's there. Valdez Scantlin's there. They're definitely bringing in a, a wide receiver via the draft of one of those two picks. I mean, Jamison Williams would be glorious. But it sounds like they're changing the way that they envision the wide receiver position, yeah. given the way that the NFL is adjusted to them. So they might, might be going just for – speed they might be looking for a big body guy um like a pickens or a christian watson assuming that uh Traylon burks and drake london are gone by the time they pick but <clears throat> i just think there's there's still too much to like about kelsey to be concerned uh, about the potential for for them double teaming him i mean we have waller at well you have waller down lower than me i have waller at six you have waller <clears throat> at eight I mean, he was the only game in town for the last two years pretty much in Las Vegas, and he was still productive. So I'm sure he was getting double teamed for for large portions of that time. So I think a little bit little bit premature um, in your ranking him all the way down at tight end five in Dynasty. But you have TJ Hawkinson at three. <clears throat> for me, Hawkinson's at seven. Which I was – shocked like you said we didn't see this before you just posted as we started recording I couldn't believe you had him that low because I know you're a big Hawkinson fan for me just being 24 showing he's been able to do it at the NFL level and having complete shit in the wide receiver room he's still their top option in the passing game depending I mean and Detroit picks what two and 32 at Mm -hmm. two I think they're going defense just guessing I know They've been linked to that uh, safety out of Notre Dame. There certainly hasn't been wide receiver, which is odd because they're a team that needs it in a decent wide receiver draft class. And at, at 32, I don't know if Detroit even makes that pick, but if they do, I could see them. Obviously, depends who's available on the board, how this all shakes out. I, I think Bucky Brooks with NFL has no quarterbacks going in the first. So if somebody does like one of these guys and it does play out like that, a, a trade up to 32 to come get a quarterback or – if Malik Willis falls or if they like Desmond Ritter or somebody, I, I think a quarterback's in play at 32, whether it's Detroit picks or they Detroit's pick or they trade it to someone else. I don't see them addressing it with a high-end enough talent to shake it up where Hawkinson still isn't their top option going into next year and <clears throat> for years to come, possibly. Yeah, I mean, hard to argue. He was tight end seven on a points-per-game basis because he missed a number of games last yeah. year. So he's he's right there. But, I mean, three years in, I'm not going to you know cast aspersions on a guy. I mean, it takes some time to really translate. But, I mean, he's he hasn't really – really hasn't happened yet. I mean, it's – he's been what do, you, what do you want him to happen? I mean, let's, on the point per game, he's a tight end one. Isn't that what you yeah. want I mean, listen, to happen? I, I got him at seven. That's where he was last year. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's doing just fine. I think last year would have been the – it would have been the Amon Ross St. Brown time to shine for, for good old Hawkinson if he had stayed healthy, right? He'd be the guy getting a dozen-plus targets sure. a game. I mean, he saw seven targets per game last year. 
from a myriad of quarterbacks. I'm going to assume they weren't all from Goff, um, as he was hurt at different times. I don't know if they overlapped. It's just it was the best case scenario for Hawkinson last year, and just didn't get to see it. Bringing DJ Chark in as an upgrade, having Josh Reynolds there for a whole year is good for Goff because he trusts him, so he's going to eat away. Whatever you think of Amal Ross St. Brown, he's going to get targets. DeAndre Swift was hurt last year as well. A healthy DeAndre Swift is going to get targets. It, they might not be great, and they're not, but they're, uh, they're worlds better than they were at points last year when he was getting this volume. I just have concerns that he's going to get the target share that some of these other guys that I have above him are likely to get. So that's that's my concern. Young enough that there's still room for him to to move up. Uh, to your point, he's not even 25 years old yet, so <laughs> a long time to uh, to elevate himself. And I wouldn't be surprised a year from now he's in my my tight end one conversation. But the guys I have above him are George Kittle at four, Dalton Schultz at five, and Darren Waller at six. You have Kittle right under Hawkinson at four, and then you had Kelsey at five. Takes a little bit of doing before you get down to the two guys that I mentioned in Schultz, Schultz and Waller. So I don't know whether we want to tackle your side and the guys that you have up that high. We want to tackle my side. Kittle is four for both of us, so probably not a lot to say. He's in his tw- age 29 season. He's still got plenty of time um, to to be productive and should be in everyone's top five. But you have Schultz at tight end 10 while I have him at five. And I really I, don't have a good reason to be honest. I, I, I like, I just like the guys ahead of him more. And you, you know, and anyone that's listened to this knows I'm a big Schultz fan. He's only 25. I, I like him in this. It's a good offense. He's part of, he's part of the offense. Prescott likes him and, and trusts him. I just like the guys ahead of him a little bit. I, I really like Schultz on my, you know, I do mine on, little paper and pen here. He's one that as soon as I put his number in, he's got a little upwards arrow next to him, meaning I got to find a way to squeeze uh, squeeze him up higher if I can. So I like him. It's not, it's not a knock on him. He just happens to be 10, but I really like the top 10. Yeah. I mean, so you said, I mean, to point Schultz had the six most targets at the tight end position last year and finished with a 78 for 808 and eight touchdown season, which was his eight touchdowns was good for fourth uh, at the, sorry, fifth at the position. And that's just because somehow Hunter Henry and Dawson Knox had nine touchdowns each. I mean, Dalton Schultz was in the Andrews Kelsey rarefied air uh, for a touchdown production from the tight end position. Now there's no more Amari Cooper there. There's Michael Gallup rehabbing from injury. CeeDee Lamb has to step into the alpha chair. They don't even have like a Cedric Wilson really there to pull away. I mean, I fully expect Dalton Dalton Schultz to set a new career high for targets in a season this year. And I'm assuming that there's going to be an extension in place at some point in time for him with the Cowboys to impact that cap number because I believe he's still just on the one-year tag. I don't Correct. think I, I didn't see anything about an extension. So I'm operating under the assumption that he is going to be the Cowboys starting tight end for the next four-plus years in that offense. So <clears throat> I'm buying production plus expectations for for Schultz going forward. And the situation has only gotten better for him um, since last season. So consider me all in on, on Dalton Schultz. And I have Waller at six. You have Waller at nine. 
Waller's in his age 30 season. He's 29 years, 203 days old. So he's not quite the Kelsey or, or Gronk or Ertz tier, but he's, he's, he's hitting that 30 mark. He's now going to experience target competition like he has never seen before with Devontae Adams. Hunter Renfro isn't going away. Who really knows what the McDaniels offense is going to do with these with these pieces? But yeah. I, I think long gone are the days where uh, he's he's getting 10-plus targets per game. I mean, he had 93 targets in 11 games last year, so that's like eight-and-a-half targets per game last year. I don't know that we should expect that for Darren Waller. I just – I mean, interested in seeing how that offense can produce and seeing that what he has done since he's come to the Vegas Raiders is, is kind of a placeholder for me. I could easily flip Hawkinson and Waller and not blink about it. But you have Waller at, at eight, so you obviously have a little bit of concern about Waller. Well, A, he's a kid in that age cliff, right? I mean, tight ends do play a little longer than, than running backs and wide receivers and stuff, so it's not the – signal of death is if he were a running back but 29 like you said almost 30 gonna be 30 this year Adams is coming in going to get probably more targets than any wide receiver has seen there in several years and Renfro's really emerged especially in the red zone so where does Waller probably loses targets does lose targets to Adams probably loses red zone looks and touches to Renfro and uh, Jacobs has looked better and is going to get more involved. I don't, as we've, you started talking about it. I'm sitting here just looking at these rankings. To me, he's the most likely guy to trade out here. He still has name value. If people aren't doing their research, get the, get out of there. Cause it, you know, once you start looking into it, like I said, Adams, Renfro, Jacobs, there's enough pieces there that haven't been there for Waller, you know, really getting through the ebbs and flows of the season and and seeing guys production up and down and all that. If you really look into this, he's going to be the one who is hurt by all the Raiders moves the most, in my opinion. So it's probably a good time to trade him because a year from now, he's going to be 30 pushing 31. And if he's coming off a down year, what are you going to get for an aging tight end who just had his worst season in five years? A third? You could probably get a late first for him if someone's desperate, especially in tight end premium. So I like Waller. I have him in quite a few spots. I think he's been a, a reliable fantasy asset at the position, but I, the, the the door may be slamming shut on him faster than anybody. Yeah, I mean, I, I could, without hesitation, argue both sides of Darren Waller. I mean, it's... The age is real, but he's also had limited usage for the early part of his career. Sure. I mean, he really didn't even become a mainstay until the 2019 season with, with the Raiders. So he hasn't had the wear and tear that a typical tight end would have at, at this yeah. point, uh, at, at this age. Um, also hasn't had the ancillary weapons to allow him just to run free. He's been the focal point of opposing defenses thus far. So Devontae Adams is going to clearly take that focus away from him. So he's going to be beating up on linebackers and safeties all day long. So I could see Darren Waller being a league winner this year because of Devontae Adams just as much as I think it may be to his detriment. But to your point, it's, it may be the cash out time. I think you got to evaluate where you are as a team because I don't think Darren Waller is you know, as – has the staying power uh, of some of these other guys 
Um, but I'm also not as as down on him as it sounds like you are. I mean, albeit still at, at eight at the position, I wouldn't be outwardly looking to sell him, but I'd be willing to listen to offers. Mm-hmm. Beyond those guys, I mean, when I get to eight with Dallas Goddard, I have to look up to six where you have my boy Dallas Goddard ranked. Just turned 27. It uh, looks like it early in January this year. So just about to hit his stride as a yeah. his, his tight end peak, uh, shall we say. But he also is quote-unquote catching passes from Jalen Hurts. So that factored <laughs> into my ranking because I love Dallas Goddard. I, I think Dallas Goddard has the potential to be the tight end one if I he agree. were in the appropriate offense. If he were in the Ravens offense or if you were in the Chiefs offense, you know, where these alphas just live, he would be highly productive. Um, it's well, so, not going to happen in Philadelphia so long as Jalen Hurts is the quarterback it is my concern. It may not be equal quality targets, but again, going back to kind of what we said with um, what I was saying with Hawkinson, People like Smith in Philly, but he's not. I, I have I'm not I have not been blown away by him yet. They they've whiffed on all their other wide receivers. So even if they're shitty targets, it's still a ton of targets going to him. He doesn't have a ton of competition in this passing game. Agreed. Agreed. But I mean still just 76 targets in 15 games. Um, not a lot of them quality targets as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't expect this offense to explode from a pass attempts perspective anytime soon. Um, they're still going to be run based. So I just don't think he's the, he's, he's assured a hundred plus targets, which is ultimately probably what I'm looking for in any guys that I think deserve to be in the top, you know, five to seven. So that's where my concerns lie is that his prime is being wasted. (laughs) Um, right in front of my eyes, but still love the guy. I mean, eight for me, six for you, but I was happy to see that you had him all the way up at six. Seven, you have Gesicki, who I have at 11. Um, Gesicki on a one-year franchise tag with the Dolphins. He Talk about someone who's going to be running free with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell just streaking down the field and across the field and in the backfield and and everywhere else to keep people's eyes focused on them. Gesicki's just going to be just tearing up the middle uh, of opposing defenses, at least for this year. I just still have a slight concern. I don't think he's the long-term guy for them as they, they said they had no designs on, ex- on discussing a new contract with Kasicki before last year <laughs> ended. And then they just went ahead and slapped a tag on him. I haven't heard a peep about no. extension talks again. So the uncertainty with Kasicki gives me a little bit of pause, but I can certainly understand why you have him at seven. It's, it's funny that you're, saying you could get why I have him up that high. I don't. When I did this, again, he's got the arrow pointing down. I might end up flipping him and Schultz next time I go through this. Um, Yeah, I just think, obviously, he's a part of the offense. He's played with Tua. The team has more weapons than they've ever had in recent memory. You know, does he get hurt by the additional weapons? I don't know. Does Tua take a step forward like they hope? Which, if he does, you know, rising rising tide lifts all ships. If Tua takes a step forward, everybody takes a step forward, including including him. But I don't know how much of my ranking of him is just potential. Even going back to his really explosive combine performance, like he had a good year last year, but 
at no point do I ever watch him or even see the stats any given week. And I'm like, this guy's taking the next step. I mean, he's steady. He's reliable. He's going to be in that low end tight end one conversation. I, I think I have him too high at seven as I look back at this. I agree. He <laughs> <laughs> had 111 targets last year. I mean, we were just talking about targets. I mean, that was good for one, two, three, fourth at the position. Played all 17 games, but to your point, I mean, there wasn't a lot of other things to throw to in, in Miami last year. It was Waddle and Gasicki, where it was the entire passing offense. He didn't do a ton with it on a points-per-game basis. He was 17th. Uh, sorry, 16th at the position, just a tick ahead of fellow Penn State tight end alum Pat Fryermuth, who in a rookie season almost matched him on the strength of seven touchdowns because Gesicki only found the end zone twice last year. So I, I can't think that Tyree Kill and Waddle plus a run-based offense is going to be good for the volume that Mike Gesicki had been receiving the last couple of years. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with any so, of that. We'll have to look at that. Then we, we get to Pat Fryermuth, the aforementioned Pat Fryermuth. Ninth for both of us. Love to see it. Pat Fryermuth, last year, I was like, go get all the pits you want. I'm just going to go snatch Pat Fryermuth up in the top of the second round in all my tight end premium leagues, which I did. Was very pleased with his rookie year production. With Handsomely rewarded. Handsomely. 60 for 497 and seven touchdowns. Like I said, on a points per game basis, he did exactly what Mike Gesicki did last year. Arrows pointing up for him as they address the quarterback position, even be albeit short term in Trubisky or long term if they get one of these quarterbacks this year. If not, they're definitely going to be in the game next year for a quarterback. As Trubisky, I believe, has like a two year pretty much backup plus deal. With the Pittsburgh Steelers, he is not the long-term answer for them. They don't see him as such. He is a bridge to wherever they are going, but it's a decent enough bridge for right now because he's still going to get targets in this offense. Trubisky's mobility might open up the offense a little bit, and I don't think that your boy Deontay Johnson is going to be as hyper-targeted as he was by Big Ben. So the targets could be going elsewhere, and why not go to a Big tight end running down the middle of the field, quarterback's best friend, the tight end position. So, twenty three years old, just ent- you know, not even entering his prime yet. The production was there in the rookie season. I'm very happy that we both had Pat Farmers in our top ten. Yeah, I, I like the talent, but the situation scares the shit out of me. Trubisky might be good. We don't know that, but he may also be <laughs> be terrible. Might be leaning a little more towards the terrible side. And you know what's Pittsburgh picking twentieth in the draft? I know they've been linked to to Malik Willis. Everyone, but, well, that too. <laughs> yeah. But who you know? We were talking before we started recording about what, how shitty this class is. Is there anyone they're even going to bring in that's a definitive upgrade over Trubisky? So. Him not him having the big question mark at quarterback for at least three years. I, I this is the highest I can imagine ever putting him. Yeah, I mean, I I think they'd be if they're not going to trade up and just push all their chips in for for Willis. I think get an offensive lineman at twenty, try to stabilize that a little bit, and then go all in next year. I mean, one the quarterback musical chair seems to be a thing now, so. There's probably going to be guys available next year that you wouldn't even have thought. You know, I mean, who who thought Matt Ryan was going to end up being the starting quarterback for the Colts? 
you know, when, when all this moved, who thought that Baker Mayfield was going to just be readily available in the season? I mean, maybe the long-term extension wasn't there, but quarterbacks aren't as a protected uh, asset as they used to be. So I don't know that they need to clutch their pearls so much with this 20th pick and praying that someone like Malik Willis falls at them. Get better on the offensive line. Get through the season. You're not winning the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, <laughs> just try and find a way to upgrade. <laughs> try to find a way to upgrade in uh, 2023. But uh, nonetheless, I think Friermuth is is going to be productive for whomever the quarterback is. Because, again, dead arm bed Roethlisberger made him a thing in his rookie season. So uh, arrows certainly pointing up for Friermuth. Going to 10, that's when you get to Dalton Schultz. We already talked about him, and it sounds like he's going to be creeping his way up for you um, passing maybe a few of those names into the seven, eight range. I have Dawson Knox at 10. You have Dawson Knox at 11. So not, not a tremendous fall Knox. They only went and brought OJ Howard in, gave him a one year deal. Dawson Knox is like Josh Allen's best friend. Yes. He's touchdown dependent, but that's, that's okay. He's a tight end. I mean, you, you want the ones that score touchdowns and yeah. there's very few, I mean, from a, from a touchdown rate, I would assume that he had the highest in the NFL last year because I was talking about nine touchdown performers. He tied for the NFL lead with nine touchdowns. He had 71 targets. Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey both had nine touchdowns. I already told you they had 154 and 135 targets respectively. So, Yes, it's not you, you're not going to replicate that production on 71 targets, but you, you hope with no Cole Beasley, no Emmanuel Sanders, that there's opportunity for his role to grow in this offense. But it's clear that he has Josh Allen's eye in the red zone, yeah. and I'm totally fine with that. So get him inside your top 10 and be happy with Dawson Knox, who from an age perspective, he's in his age 26 season. So still has a ton of runway, and he's tied to one of the best offenses in the entire NFL. Yeah, a lot of these guys in our top <clears throat> 12 here are pieces on good offenses. So even if you don't, you know, I do this when I start looking at waivers in the season and especially that first waiver run before the, the season even kicks off. Would you rather have the wide receiver three on a team that looks, you know, on Houston? Or would you rather have the wide receiver four on a team that you know is probably going to score you know, 25 more touchdowns on the year. So plus Knox is good. So getting anybody on a good offense is not, not groundbreaking fantasy advice, but get the guys on good teams, good teams score more fantasy points uh, is tied to scoring and yardage. So you want to get a piece of those offenses and Knox is on one of the better offenses and they've lost players that were key parts of that in the past. Um, I think, Crowder coming in there can step right in and do what Beasley's done over the last few years, which sucks for Knox, but Knox still succeeded with Beasley doing what he was doing there. So I I don't think any of the moves hurt him. I think they maybe kept the ceiling. We had our fingers crossed for if these guys left, but I don't, he's, he's a very steady, reliable, low end tight end one, in my opinion. I mean, how bad was Jordan Te'amu? It just as I'm thinking about this. It's, it's, <laughs> Dawson Knox, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Elijah Moore. I mean, they, 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 those are who he had to throw to in the 2018 season at Ole Miss. And Ole Miss was a 5 and 17. I mean, Matt Corral got meaningful snaps that season. Just 
just the the star power that the that Ole Miss possessed at that point in time was. So do you blame the quarterback or coaching or where does it fall? Otherworldly. I mean, let's blame everyone. I don't even know who the fuck Matt Luke is, but he's he's definitely not the head coach of Ole Miss anymore. I mean, what's that? Is that, <laughs> is that Lady Kiffin now? That, yeah, that where we're at? So yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Matt Luke made it another year. He made it to 2019. Lane Kiffin stepped in in 2020. So had the bottom out with Matt Luke before we got old Lane Kiffin in there. But, you know, Dawson Knox did nothing in college, but that was not through any fault of his own. He's proven tremendously athletic and dependable in the NFL. So from him, my 11 was Gasecki. We already talked about Gasecki. So get to 12. I finally slot in Trey McBride who is currently team unknown, 22-year-old, clear tight end one in this draft class. Perhaps a bit overzealous, but I like the player a lot, and I like resetting youth and my tight end position whenever I can. You have David Njoku, which I love to see. Snuck him into your top 12. He's at 14 for me. Njoku going into his age 26 season. Finally, seems like the Browns are on board with making him the focal point of their offense. They're now talking extension with him. Arrow point up for David and Joku. I I wanted to get him into my top 12. When I first listed this, I think I had Joku at like 16, 17, and I just slowly started working him up. A week from now, I probably he'd probably be right there with Tight me. One. Like he's gotta be <laughs> in the top 12. He just has to be. Dripping with talent, super athletic. Going to be so interesting to see what Deshaun Watson can do with him once they both hit the field together. Because Watson has never had a quarter, never had a tight end like David Njoku. David Njoku has never had a quarterback like Deshaun Watson. So we have yet to see this on an NFL field for either one of these guys and how dangerous and destructive he can be to opposing opposing defenses. Yeah, McBride. I didn't do any rank any. I didn't plug any rookies into any of my rankings, and I typically don't until I know draft capital and where they land. Um, as far as Njoku, who I've liked since he came into the league, 25 with, what, five years NFL experience? Can't beat that. Um, Jacob Rickroad at Clutch Fantasy on Twitter, he always puts out these charts where players who typically do good at one point in their career will continue to repeat that. Njoku had his breakout year one in, in year two, I believe, and then um, then he missed a bunch of time to injury, and then he's had some few splash games here and there. And last year, I believe he did finish top 12, correct? Uh, Joku? Yeah. Sneakily, he was fringe, low and tight end one, if I'm not mistaken. But the point is, he, he was a tight end one earlier in his career. He got into the league super young. We always, we've been talking about how it takes a long time relatively speaking, for these guys to develop at the NFL level. They got rid of Austin Hooper, who was their big signing last year. The only other thing they have there is uh, Harrison Bryant, who's been okay, but he's going to be the number two there. I I already liked Njoku. I like just how everything played out for him this year, and I, I think he's going to – a year from now, if you and I do this again and he's tight end six, I don't think me or you are going to be shocked by that at all. No, David Njoku upside. Yeah, tight end twenty two last year. Really? Yeah, he. I mean, thirty six for four seventy five and four. I mean, it was still Hooper was there, and Hooper was tight end. Where the heck is Hooper at twenty four? So somehow Hooper was less productive 
than Njoku, but both tight end twos. And then Harrison Bryant was top was tight end 39. So they had three tight ends in the top 40, which just tells you everything you need to know about that offense and how it was run through multiple tight ends. Well, no more Hooper. Njoku steps into that alpha chair. And while I do like Bryant as a dynasty stash, I mean, this is this is finally Njoku's time to shine. And he seems like he's been in the NFL forever, but he was super young coming in. So he's already got five seasons under his belt. And he is only, as I said, what did I say, 20, he's going to be 26 this year. So maybe it's just going to take him, maybe it just took him a few years to hit his stride. So glad that the Browns stuck it out with him. And hopefully they reward him, and and he's happy there as well because better days are certainly ahead for David and Joko. Getting past that top twelve, so just dabbling a little bit into the top tight end twos. At thirteen, you have Albert O, and I think that's great. I have him at sixteen. I I still want to see it, but all the potential is there. I mean, he's going to he's turned twenty four this season, but they got Fan out of there, and they add Russell Wilson. They're already talking about using him kind of as like a wide out in certain capacities as well, not just as a strict inline tight end. But there's still a lot of guys there that, that are going to command targets and Sutton and Judy to a lesser degree, Patrick, even in the run game. So I still have some some volume concerns with Albert O, but the athleticism and the potential are certainly there for him to contribute um, and, and be a fringy tight end one. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a touchdown production that he's actually you know in that top 10 tight ends this year um, as all it really does is take, you know, eight plus touchdowns for you to get there. But I still want to see it from him. We've only seen it in flashes from him in the NFL. I have Zach Ertz at 13 who just got a new deal with the Cardinals. He's going to be there for, it seems like the next two to three seasons. He's in his age 32 season. He's younger than Travis Kelsey. He's younger than Gronk. He was productive again last year. He had to go out of Philly. I get it, but, you know, he still was tight end five last year at PPR. 112 targets, 74 catches, 763 yards, and five touchdowns. That's a guy that you can get cheap and probably should still yeah. expect at least low-end tight end one production for the next two to three seasons. I don't disagree with any of that. I, I have Ertz probably far too low. Uh, Albert O, one of my big reasons even have him that high is the team – saw enough to get rid of Noah Fant, who was arguably the top tight end in his draft class. Granted, you have to give up some talent to get talent. So Seattle obviously wanted something high end coming back in that Russell Wilson deal. And I believe Seattle and, asked for him. Think think they wanted him. Correct. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. So but Denver wasn't giving him up because they had nothing behind him. You know what I mean? Sure. So they, they like Albert O enough, and he tested through the roof. So the the opportunities there, like you said, with with the other weapons in the passing game, could that be a detriment to him? Sure. But if all the stuff you're hearing out of Denver is true, where they're going to let Russ cook and give him the opportunity to throw the ball a ton, more volume for everybody is is more gooder. So he's uh, <laughs> as much as it's going to be good for Sutton and Judy and Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler. It's also going to be good for Albert O. So I'm 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 a fan of the move and you know opposite of what we said with Njoku, who a year from now could be six spots higher. A year from now we could have Albert O down at twenty. So <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's he's not, listen. He's not locked in. One anyone that owns him has him cheap because he correct. Uh, 
blocked by Noah Fant when he came out. And, you know, so you, you didn't spend a ton of capital on him. Most people didn't drop him because he was still tantalizing enough. So you're, you got a cheap asset. I mean, I don't know that it's time to cash out on him, but the, you know, the price is, is pretty appealing at this point in time for a guy that hasn't even caught a pass from Russell Wilson yet. So it's going to be interesting yeah, to I see agree. what the right answer is. Now, is there anybody else outside where we went to third? I did. I did. And I, I think the next two names were particularly, well, you have fan. I'm not quite there on fan. I, I'm, I'm concerned with everything Seattle Seahawks, but Hunter Henry and Cole Komet, we both had in this high-end, tight-end two range. You have Henry at 15, Komet at 16. I have Komet at 15 and Henry at 17. I like Cole Komet. I think he is probably in line to see the second most targets from Justin Fields this year. And I want targets from my tight end position. So I And he just turned 23 years old, so a ton of value in Cole Komet. And then Hunter Henry... Somehow, seemed, again, seems like he's been in the league forever. He just turned 27. He's in his age 28 season with the Patriots. Had, what was it, eight touchdowns? Or was he a nine touchdown or last year? He had nine touchdowns on 75 targets. So very much in the Dawson Knox mold, but he's clearly the guy that Mac Jones is looking for. So it wouldn't shock me if he, I'm not going to say similar production, but he is the kind of the red zone target for Mac Jones again um, going into this season. Signed a similar deal to Johnny Smith, so he's going to be in New England for the next next handful of years. You could do worse than Hunter Henry, and I think the value is depressed on him. It was probably super depressed when he went there secondary to Johnny Smith last year. Um, so everyone assumed he was, myself included, assumed he was going to take a backseat to Johnny. Well, he did not. He was the much more productive New England tight end last year, again, put up a tight end eight finish when Janu was all the way down at tight end 35. So just some other names that I thought were appealing enough um, to, to get us through to about 16, 17, the top half of the tight end position. Be interesting to see where you would have slotted in someone like a Trey McBride had you put rookies in. I'm back. I was lost for a moment there. Um, I kept going. So I don't know if you heard me. If you were ranking rookies as well. I heard that question. I had another question. Spoiler alert. I'm going to be ranking rookies probably in my running back rankings. And I don't know if the one will get there in the, in the wide receiver. But if you had to rank Trey McBride first blush, would he be um, even a fringy tight end one for you? Look in here. Eight. Hey, would I put him ahead of Waller? No. Frymuth? No. Schultz? No. Knox? No. No. He's not getting ahead of Njoku, who's my 12. Yeah, May, possibly, possibly right at 13, ahead of Alberto, which is probably a pretty good spot because you've got him at 12, so I'm kind of in the same. Yeah, I think he's a fringy guy. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. He's definitely not going in round one, but he's definitely a day two, I would assume, pretty early on in round two NFL draft pick. Um, and. Landing yeah. spot will go a long way. I mean, you don't want him to land in one of these spots where one of these other established guys is already residing. But just the way he was used in that Colorado State offense just <laughs> makes him extremely <laughs> appealing to me. And I've got a landing that, spot for you. You want to kill two guys with one draft pick? How, how many goes to fucking Cleveland? <laughs> oh, nothing would surprise me, right? Oh. I mean, they, they just want all the tight ends. Yeah, that would be suboptimal. Um, for Trey McBride and David and Joko, I mean, put him down in Houston, right? Where I like Brevin Jordan, but yeah, you know, let him just step right in there. 
and start absorbing targets from Davis Mills. Give Davis Mills people to throw to. You know, give him a wide receiver in round one. Go get him this tight end in round two, and see 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 if he's see if he's the man in Houston. That wouldn't be the the worst landing spot. Jacksonville Jaguars one year deal for Evan Ingram if they go and get them some Trey McBride in the second round to to help out Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, uh, middle of the field and a long term solution that would be glorious. I mean, I'm sure we could come up with. I mean, I know that the Jets went and signed every free agent tight end this year, but I would love to see Trey McBride end up with the Jets and and Zach Wilson, who has affinity for the tight end position. There's a number of places that obviously he could end up with. I mean, shit, let the Chiefs draft him, you know, and to tail end to Travis Kelsey. We want that succession plan. All right. Well, we saw this with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Mm -hmm. Let's say he goes to Kansas City and is now the heir apparent to Kelsey. What does that do to his fantasy draft stock? Oh, is he yeah, is tight he, end premium. He's a late first round pick. That's where, okay. That's where I was going to guess. Probably like 10, 10 yeah. overall. Yeah. Cause you know, you're still waiting, right? I'm telling you, Chelsea, Kelsey's got two, three more years left. So it's a waiting game with Brian, unless they really start deploying a lot of two tight ends. You know, cause Andy Reid's trying to evolve the offense, but he still wouldn't be the primary pass catching tight end in that offense, but it'd sure be. Sure, be pretty to see um, as far as who he's catching passes from. Going beyond that, I can't think of a ton. I mean, you know, let him go up to Green Bay, even though Aaron Rodgers you know, hates the tight end no, position. No, I mean, no, 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 no. no. He, he would be a, viable, be a viable pass catcher uh, uh, for for Mr. Rodgers is concerned. I mean, Not I mean, le- less than ideal, but certainly there's. There's a number of places you could go. I mean, listen, go to the Buccaneers. Who knows what the future looks like in Tampa? That's my dream landing spot for him. Yeah, when I like go through time, where yeah. I want people yeah. for fantasy, it's Tampa for him. Every time I look through this, yeah, I mean, I agree completely. That wouldn't be the that wouldn't be the worst landing spot for for him. I mean, granted, he wouldn't be catching many passes from Tom Brady, as I believe this is Brady's official last year, and I do think Gronk officially you know, ends up signing ultimately, but. There's a there will be a void in that tight end room a year from now, and hopefully the Buccaneers could figure out who to who to bring in after TB12 retires again yeah. after next season. So there's yeah there's going to be places where I, I think he could he could certainly shine. New York Giants perhaps. Um, they uh, Jones standing in his way. I mean even listen, if didn't the answer. Yeah, until we know what's happening at quarterback there. Uh, that is not a good spot. No, the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, Matt Ryan might only be a one or two year fix, but as much as I love Molly Cox, they're they're not enamored by him. Kyler Grayson didn't really do anything to impress me that much last year. I mean, there could be opportunity in Indy. Uh, yeah, who knows? There's there's a there's literally a ton of places. I mean, the Bengals just signed Hayden Hurst to a one year deal. I mean, they fortified their line. Did do they go and get a Trey McBride in the second round to uh? Yeah, you know, to <laughs> unseat future. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just keep keep sampling that block and tight end well role that he knows oh so well. I mean, yeah, there's there's options for Trey McBride. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens in the NFL draft. But I think we got far enough uh, as far as tight ends are concerned. There's right a couple now. guys. Not to cut you off real quick here, but there were a couple guys. I tried to squeeze this in when I lost my connection. That I was just curious what your thoughts were because I, I ended up doing pretty deep rankings, but. Hunter Henry, I have at 15, and somehow he's only 27. Doesn't he feel like he's been in the league for 10 years already? 
I mean, that's funny. When you cut off, I kind of went on a rant about Hunter Henry and about how he's only 27. We were both talking. <laughs> we were talking about the same thing. Been in the league forever. But, yeah, and the fact that when he went to New England, secondary to John o. Smith in that deal, that his dynasty value, I think, took a hit. But he was the far more productive tight end in that offense. Very touchdown dependent, just like Dawson Knox. But I don't know why that would change this year. I mean, what, because they got Devontae Parker? Yeah, that, agreed. That really changed the entire offense. As far as Mac Jones is concerned, no. I mean, Henry's Henry's going to be his red zone target. Yeah, I mean, he's he's value now. And uh, two two more guys, real quick. What? Did, where do you have? Did you go as deep to get Cole Komet squeezed in somewhere? Yes, and that was the other name I talked about with Cutter Henry. So great minds, same page, thinking alike. Yeah, he's fifteen for me, and you I had him at 16. sixteen. So I actually have him a spot ahead of you um, in the ranks. And I just said, you know, he's going to probably have the second most targets on the team. I mean, to, to Darnell Mooney. I mean, I don't as, even care. As what. of right now, it's them only. That team sucks. Yeah, I mean, and they don't even have a first-round pick. So they can't even target a, a top-tier pass catcher. I mean, they could. They have two second-rounders, so hopefully they address the position in the second round, which there's still going to be plenty of value guys. I'm hoping they get like a big-body receiver like a Pickens or if a Christian Watson falls, which doesn't sound like it's going to happen anymore, but – I mean, Pickens could be there in the early second. I think that's a good compliment to Mooney and would actually work well with Justin Fields. So that that might have a little bit of a negative impact, but not short term. I mean, the Bears need to be. give Jarvis Landry the twenty million dollars he thinks he's worth. Yeah, I mean, that, they just be, they just be burning that money. Just might as well just sign Cole Beasley for a fraction of it and let him True run story. the routes for you for a year. The the only other guy I wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, I have him at twenty four. But Tommy Tremble is still only 21. And not that I think he's a super high-end talent. But I, I liked him a year ago. I still like him. He's His age is even more appealing. Th- that guy's got a lot of upside. <clears throat> if they could get the quarterback situation fixed there, they, they have other weapons in the passing game. They obviously have McCaffrey. He could be the beneficiary of seeing the best matchup out of all their pieces on offense if they could get a quarterback or get some just have this offense take a step forward tremble could be a guy who rockets up a year from now yeah i wasn't crazy about tremble coming out uh, of notre dame i mean he just he, he just didn't see a lot i mean he was like lauded for his like blocking prowess yeah well the 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 panthers re-signed ian thomas who I was unreasonably high on when Me he too. came out of Indiana. They gave him a three-year deal with eight million guarantees. So not not a big number, but he's he's their blocking tight end. I mean, he's the one that's always on the field. Tremble, I guess, is their tight end too and runs their their pass catching routes. But I'm just not. I, I I want nothing to do with Carolina until further notice. I mean, there's no, and I mean, and that price is baked in. I mean, yeah, I in, in where he's at. I think but, sure. I mean, kids, super young. I mean, didn't really do anything in his rookie season, 20 for 180 and one touchdown. So, you know, never saw more than five targets in a game. In the game where he did get five targets, he had two catches for seven yards in week 18 at Tampa Bay. So really blew the doors off that one. Um, Yeah, so didn't really see much in college, didn't really see anything in his rookie year, and I hate the situation. And somebody emerges, you know, tight end is a spot we mentioned in the beginning with with streaming and stuff. Tight end seems to be the position where – kind of unheralded guys emerge each year. Like like Schultz two years ago came out of nowhere and 
it goes on. So there, there's a lot of value you could get in some of these later guys that people aren't even thinking about. And a lot of post-type sleepers here where people are just a year too early. So guys like Adam Troutman, you mentioned uh, Brevin Jordan earlier, Tremble. Um, we threw Kylan Granson's name out there. Hunter Long should be on your radar, especially if you don't think Gusecki's going to be the long-term guy in Miami. And you had mentioned with the, the contract talks with him, doesn't sound like he is. So there's a lot of guys that I kind of like to sneak, sneakily become fantasy relevant when we talk about this in five months from now. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I do like Troutman. I mean, another guy who hasn't happened yet, but he he did get hurt last year, so only played in 11 games. New Orleans was just a dumpster fire last year, so he's still a guy. I'd much rather have a Troutman over like a Tremble. I don't know where where they're at from dynasty startup ADP. Evan Ingram, who I know you're not a fan of, but you know, in, going into his age 28 season. Signed a one-year deal with the Jaguars. I think that's a, a great rehab scenario for Evan Ingram if they truly use him as like a big slot wide receiver rather mm-hmm. than trying to make him a tight end. He's never going to be consistent, but the guy is explosive for his size. He could be a guy. He's 19 for me in my top 20 rankings that, that could have somewhat of a career resurgence if, if everything breaks right. I mentioned Ricky Seals-Jones earlier. He's the only game in town with the Giants, but I just think he's a placeholder. Um Absolutely. For them. And then Mo Ali Cox did get a new deal with the Colts, but he really hasn't popped yet either. So, yeah, to your point, there's guys that could emerge. I mean, I want the tight end in a Matt Ryan offense. So, Mo Ali Cox wouldn't surprise me if he had an eight touchdown season this year. Sure. Yeah. The, the, compared to other positions, the tight end's always fun because there are. Every year, some deep sleepers emerge, and it's usually several of them. It's not like, you know, we, we have – I'm looking at DLF's top 12 here. I, I I wrote yours down. I have mine. Four of those guys are not finishing in the top 12 at least, and guys we have way lower are going to squeeze in there. So it's always yeah. fun to try to figure out who that's going to be. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, last year, Tyler Higby was tight end 14. I mean, it, not, sorry, not Tyler. Tyler Conklin was tight end 16 yeah. last year, and all it took was an Irv Smith injury. You know, uh, not really many huge outliers from last year as far as those guys because most people were relatively healthy. I mean, you got a lot of 16 and 17 game starts from sure. the bigger names. But, I mean, Gerald Everett in a shit season was tight end 20. C.J. Uzoma was tight end 19. You know, so you can find a, a tight end two just about anywhere. I mean, for fuck's sake, Foster Moreau was tight end twenty five. I mean, largely on strength of a few games, but yeah, you can you can find tight end production, but most years, by and large, to your point, a Dalton Schultz will come out of nowhere mm-hmm. and pop when everyone else was talking about Blake Jarwin. Yeah, and it's a, it's always a spot to to really churn on the waiver wires. I mean, watch your matchups. Look for guys that are banged up. For, read information. I know a lot of people hate the, the beat reporters and all that shit, but if you read enough stuff and you know, you mentioned Foster Moreau, not that this applies to him, but if you read the Raiders beat reporters, you could get a vibe if the coaches like what Moreau's doing in practice. And then more often than not, that leads to more snaps and more snaps obviously leads to more targets, which leads to more fantasy production. So if you are willing to, to do the work, kind of like we said at the the open, if you're willing to do the work at this position, you can end up 
way ahead of your league mates on stuff. And you could use it to your advantage in, in, in trades too, where if somebody, let's see, let's scroll some of these bums down here. Let's say Hayden Hurst. The people are down on Hayden Hurst, but he's the only show in town right now. And I mentioned at the beginning, trying to move on from Waller. If you could trade Waller for Hayden Hurst and a late first, an early second, I would probably take that. I mean, yeah, because you're getting a placeholder um, at the tight end position. And people forget, a year ago, Hayden Hurst was tight end nine. Yeah. During his one season in Atlanta, pre-Kyle Pitts. I mean, so he's, he's put the production up. 56 for 571 and six on only 87 targets. So it wasn't like he was hyper-targeted, but you know, he, he was able to be productive uh, in, in an offense when he was the primary guy. Now, another year in Cincy where he has T. Higgins and Jamar Chase commanding all the attention. I mean, I could see not similar production for him, but similar upside, at least on a short-term basis. I mean, we just said C.J. Ozoma was tight end 19 last year. So, I mean, a, a mid-tight end two from Uzoma. I think Aiden Hurst is a better tight end than Uzoma. So, you tell me you get a high-end tight end yeah. two out of him and then a first-round pick. So, you're replacing the position by and large and getting another another shot, another bite at the apple, especially a 23 first where, you know, those things are golden mm-hmm. tickets right now. Mm-hmm. Might not be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I, I like Hayden Hurst. Um, I would have liked if he got a multi-year deal in Cincy, but I get it. I mean, just signed him to a one-year deal probably made sense for both parties. But if he's if he does well there and he's a good blocking tight end as well, which only helps Barrow in that offensive line, he could have staying power in 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 Cincy, oh, and yeah. I like that for his uh, dynasty value. And his beautiful hair matches the helmet. Yeah, <laughs> cool. flowing locks. But I, I think that should uh, put a little bow on our tight end extravaganza. Anybody else want to mention before we get out of here? No, nah, I did not think we were going to go to 20 deep. I didn't think we were going to say the names like Tommy Tremble and Hayden Hurst when we uh, hit record today. But that's how much we dig this position. I mean, we're, we're going to go deep. We're even giving some actionable <laughs> takeaways you know, how, as how, far as things that we would potentially do. So I, I'm, I'm thoroughly satisfied. How, how deep did you go when you made your rankings? I went to I pushed to twenty for this one because I knew you were going to go further. I went forty two. <laughs> yeah, me and I had Gronk as number twenty just because even one more year of Gronk I think is well worth the price of admission. I, I omitted him because it just says free agents until I know he's actually coming Man. back and going to be with Tampa. The Gronk will turn thirty three this NFL season. Is just fine never playing again. Or he's fine playing with Tom Brady. I mean, that's fully good choices, at this point. good choices to have. Yeah. I can host a bunch of TV shows and get drunk and party, or yeah. I could get another Super Bowl with my best friend. Yeah. Doesn't need the money whatsoever, but has a, you know, he has the key card to the Buccaneers complex <laughs> if he wished to return. <laughs> yeah. Just walks in one day. Come back. What a life. Shit. Yeah. Good old Gronk. But so that should do it. Hopefully you enjoyed this next week. Are we doing running backs or wide receivers? You tell me. We did pass catchers, so let's go running back and then finish with wide receiver. All right. The running back today. Yes. So for myself, John Debar, and my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and all of our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here.
look at this handy dandy paper printed list. I have my top 60 rookie rankings. Oh, wow. Super. You should just take a picture of it and put that picture on Twitter. No context, like just the picture. (laughs) Let's see what happens. Well, plus I didn't, I didn't know how to do, I didn't want to make two lists. So the way I did, look, here's, here's. Is that what those arrows are? Here's my super flex quarterbacks. And then here's my one QB quarterbacks. So I have 53 and then my seven quarterbacks are just mixed in. With so a line where pull they them out go. if it's not superflex, is that what you're telling me? And pull them out if it's one QB. I didn't put any. I did the rankings without quarterbacks, and then I okay. went back and plugged the quarterbacks in for one QB and superflex. It's because they're like sucking this. Yes. Every more and more, I hear people talk about these quarterbacks. It's getting worse. And like, the running backs. Who's your? Who's the closest wide receiver available at that? I'm going to say. It's definitely not Drake London because you hate him. Going right, behind sure. Christian Watson, going ahead Chris Olave. Oh, you have Christian Watson above Drake London and Traylon Burks. Traylon, no. Oh, yeah. Here, oh, I'll give okay. you my top twelve. Uh-oh. Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, who jumped George Pickens now mm-hmm. to number two. <clears throat> uh, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, Rashad White, Zamir White, Christian Watson, James Cook, and Isaiah Spiller. You have James Cook as a first, as a top twelve pick, first round. I didn't put my quarterbacks in, but yes, I, I, well, he wouldn't be a first rounder in my single QBs. He's okay. never going to be a running downs back. I'm starting to well, like dudes it. like JD McKissick. Like if that's who you want to draft in the first round, you have at it. Super fun. I, like I, I got Malik Willis number ten. Wow. and in one QB, I have Malik Willis twelve. Yeah, I mean, it's just – there's just so much projection with him. I mean, like, if he had stayed at – where the hell was he? Auburn? I don't remember. It, he was. He, he couldn't beat up Bo Nix at Auburn. <clears throat> so he had to go to Liberty College to beat up on a bunch of garbage men. Like, and they're like, oh, well, his his teammates weren't of the highest caliber either. I'm like, I don't give a shit about that. They were yeah. on the same caliber as every other player. He was supposed to be like light years above all that D1 prospect. Like, sorry, <clears throat> having a tough time getting there. And old Malik and Kenny, baby fingers, pick it. This is just never going to be like a high end asset. I don't care where he gets drafted. Like, he just, I don't hate him. I don't hate him either. He's just, he's like just vanilla. I mean, he's just like, I, I think Sam Howell's probably going to be the best. You, Kenny Pickett would have been Mac group. Jones in last year's draft. He would have been like, like fighting to be the fifth quarterback taken. And Mac Jones would be the QB one in this class. Would Mac Jones be QB one? Yes. Yeah. Fuck. 100%. 100%. Well, let's play that game. Where the fuck would he go? All right. He'd Does he a, go to Carolina? I could say it. Was it? They're- <clears throat> what I got? Six. Six. At nine. Go to Seattle. Now that they traded in. Mac Jones with DK and Tyler Lockett. He'd make that work. (laughs) Sadly, be much more optimistic about a Mac Jones landing any of these available spots than any of these fucking bums this year. 
Mm. Yeah, everyone just widely panning the quarterbacks. Running back, like everyone wants to talk about, like the depth of the class, but it's also like the fucking biggest class, like ever, right? Because like COVID declares and yes. all that type of shit. So it's like, shouldn't the class be better then? Shouldn't there be a lot more top end guys, not just a bunch of these like middling guys? Like, why? Why is there no like fight for the top five? I mean, it's like there's a clear top two for most people and it's Walker and Hall. And then there's like a huge void. But even they're not by people that like have done this for years. The two of them are fucking not even like, yeah, I mean, they're not being, they're not, no one's saying generational. No one's like, you know, clear RB one the second they get drafted. I mean, Brees Hall scored super well in, the RAS, and I think Kenneth Walker did too for his size, but I don't know. Kenneth Walker just screams running downs back to me, and that's just so limiting in today's NFL. Like, I've heard far too many times that he can do it from so many prospects that end up never being viable pass catching backs in, in an NFL offense because they can hyper specialize. That I am terrified that he's going to be a two down back in the NFL, and if he's not like Derrick Henry gets 30 carries a game type two down back, then he's going to fucking disappoint being like the second or third overall pick in a rookie draft. I think a lot of these guys are, um, I think running backs across the board are just going to be disappointing going forward. Which is all the more reason why landing one of these true difference makers is so critical. I don't know if that even is going to exist. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you think, I mean, they're, yeah, I mean, they're going – well, one, when you marginalize every one of these guys, then you don't have to pay any of them, right? I mean, that's that's the – And they don't want sec- to. It's the secret sauce. No one wants to pay running back because they're the 100% injury rate with the running backs. So why do you want to commit significant resources? Like every time people thought they were wrong, it's like, well, Christian McCaffrey, he's going to break the role. Fuck that. Boom, boom. <laughs> like two years in a row. Take that. Saquon Barkley. Generation. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. The three booms. He got booped three times already in his career. He had a good rookie season yeah. when he was getting all the dump balls from Eli Manning. And he sucked since then. Sucked. It took Leonard you, Fournette getting cut from Tampa Bay to real or from uh, Jacksonville to really hit. <laughs> like well, and, no, and the, last, the, the year he caught all those balls in Jacksonville, he finally. Yeah. He had that. Yeah. He had uh, that year. But yeah, he almost washed out before he got to. His his soul saved in Tampa. He's just look at all these guys. Like Zeke is the, the the Dallas Cowboys outwardly like are despising that they gave him that contract. Yeah, like I'm trying to find. Don't do you know, I saw a thing on Twitter that um, somebody said like one of the more accurate things to base these prospects on is Lance's Airlines prospect grades. Have you seen that going floating around a couple weeks ago? I mean, I I can buy it. He's, I mean, he's pretty well regarded as far as his. Do you know if he's got analysis. a spot where it's just ranked though? Like, I know uh, you could go on the like. I'm you just seeing it's like drafts, his mock drafts, but no, I don't. Yeah, I'm looking. I know is it you at can... NFL.com because they have the prospects. They have like. Yeah, but I don't know like if they a... have it just listed with the prospect grade. Like, I I can pull up any prospect. I just pulled up. Old Valus Jones and uh, 
Zerling gives him a 5.93, which is backup or special teamer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, they have, those are, are – I don't know if they're his grades, though. That, no, that's his. Yes. Oh, okay. Those are his. Well, then, yeah, you can sort by that. But I don't see it until I click on the guy themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, the grade isn't on there until you click and open that player's profile, which, I mean, I don't give a shit. I'll click through all of them. No, I'm pretty sure you can – But. You can get without going through all that. Yeah. For another time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's get on this. So cameras off. Tight ends on. Let's see real quick. Where these got Christian Watson? I'll close this down after my disappointment sets in. Will eventually be an average starter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not, not glowing I have, review. I have concerns about Chris. Ooh, his camp is Don Inman, which actually career. I'd take Don Inman's career. Fuck. I was gonna say, yeah, he he popped a few times, but wasn't ever really a consistent. Didn't like he had like. He ended up somewhere like at the tail end where he was the wide receiver one for like six games. And with the Bears or Chargers? somewhere random, and he's actually really good. The Dontrell Inman cast. Dontrell Inman cast. All right. <clears throat> Are you ready? All right. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> Your ability to do it literally as the word is about to come out, and then I can't stop laughing. 